Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Gordon, we're going to talk to Chris Mannix coming up right around the corner. Real quick, just got this uh, from our friend Brett Pine over there at BYU. Uh, Media day for BYU football is going to be on July 20th, Gordon. Uh, Let's see here. A month later than it usually is. Uh, as stated in previous advisory, this summer's BYU Football Media Day will be conducted using a virtual format. Further details, blah, 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 coming next week if you have any questions. So it's not going to be in person, which is not a surprise. No, uh, and nor should it be. So, uh, But uh, we'll get information to be able to we'll get to talk to a lot of the players and coaches, and uh, that's usually – of keen interest to uh, BYU fans. So, yeah, I look forward to that. All right, Chris is ready to roll. It's time for your daily assist. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Visit them online at leesheatac.com. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. It makes the magic happen at Sports Illustrated. Is our good friend Chris Mannix on the big show. Hi, Chris. How are you? What's going on, guys? Well, it seems like we're inch by inch. We're... Uh, creeping back to that NBA season or what it's going to look like to at least bring this year to a conclusion. Uh, We found out uh, last week, Chris, that about 5% of NBA players returning tested positive for the coronavirus, and that seems like a a number that the NBA can work with, or it would appear that that's their reaction. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, I don't want to phrase it like a pleasant surprise, but I can say, uh, you know, with certainty that the NBA was, anticipating a higher number. Um, so 16 out of 302, that 5%, uh, they were, were very pleased with that number. And I think if they can keep it at that number or lower, preferably lower, of course, uh, throughout the course of their, uh, of their postseason, uh, I think they'll be pretty happy. Now, of course, it all depends on who's catching it, right? Like what player is, is coming down with it. If it's LeBron James, a little bit different than Spencer Dinwiddie, as we saw uh, earlier uh, today, so I think that's uh, that's obviously a, a part of it, but it, it certainly was a, a sliver of hope that that perhaps they can pull off, uh, you know, a, a relatively smooth postseason. There's been talk, Chris, about players catching it from each other, but they're going to be tested regularly. That that isn't really so much of a concern, at least you wouldn't think so. But will that bubble have leaks in it? Will people be getting in and out of there or one way or another? We've heard about the Disney employees. But the, these players, I mean, they're used to being social animals. They're used to having people around them. Do you think that will be absolute and no one's getting past that line? Yeah, and I, I don't. I mean, I think what you said there is almost unavoidable, especially when you're talking about, you know, a, a vast number of 20-something single male athletes 
I mean, it's just to put it that way. I mean, these guys, um, you know, live a certain lifestyle. And, you know, if, I don't know how, you know, look, I saw, what was it, the uh, friends and family can come in, was it after the first round? So that gives them a full month plus, in the case of the Raptors, even longer, because uh, they're down there now, just kind of being isolated. And, I mean, it would surprise me if, if some or many, you know, tried to skirt the rules a little bit. No, it, it really wouldn't. Um, so I think that's why the NBA has kind of been leaking it out there that they're going to take some strong precautions. There will be some penalties. You know, obviously we saw in that 113-page memo there's basically a, a rat line, you know, to, to, mm. to rat out anybody that, that catches somebody doing something. So they'll, they'll try, but, I mean, there's, there's ways around everything. And this is not – but this is not as simple as, like, you're in a Las Vegas casino, you're in the MGM Grand, and you can basically board it up and keep everybody out. I mean, this is a campus, but it's kind of a sprawling one with, with ways to kind of get around uh, levels of detection. So I think that certainly is, um, you know, a possibility, and the NBA's got to do the best it can that if they do have somebody test positive to contain it as, as quickly as possible. Chris Mannix is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, and we saw the schedule released last week as well, Chris, and I, I do the Jazz pre-F and post-game, so of course I was really interested in, in start times, and they're all over the map, and it was just kind of a, a, a reminder that this is going to be really cool from the standpoint of it's going to be wall-to-wall basketball all day, every day. If you're a basketball fan, this is a dream. Yeah, in, in a lot of ways, it's like Christmas, I mean, where you have basketball that starts at noon and ends at 10. Um, I think that's an, even later in this case uh, with some of these games. I mean, if people are kind of just hanging out at home, and look, in the summertime, that's not always the case. I mean, in the summer, people want to go out. They want to hit the beaches and, and do things. But if you're stuck in your house, I mean, you're going to have an opportunity to watch a lot of NBA basketball. And, and that's certainly a good thing. I mean, it's going to run into some competition, of course. We kind of assume the NHL is coming back, though they are predictably, you know, the – the sports clampets when it comes to this. They can't really figure out uh, exactly what they're doing. But uh, you'll have, you know, you know, uh, supposedly quality basketball playoff games every single day, uh, multiple times per day, and, and it could be pretty fun in that, in that sense. So uh, there's a lot of potential positives in there, but, you know, they're, they're balanced out by so many negatives and so many ways this could potentially go haywire. Not the, not the least of which, by the way, is, where they're going, you know, which is, you know, Florida, which is fast emerging as, you know, the hot spot of the nation. We were looking at that schedule earlier for the Jazz, and as we were going through it, Chris, we were trying to decide which teams will be most va- uh, motivated and which teams might not be motivated at all. Do you think that some of those teams, especially down toward the, the bottom of the standings, will <laughs> that the league's running the risk of those guys just at some point saying, ah, the heck with it? Oh, I, I do. I mean, I, I look at the Washington Wizards, and I mean, now that Davis Bertans is out, and it's totally understandable, you know, why he'd want to be out. It's it's not worth the risk to come back and, you know, blow a potential eight-figure payday per year payday. Uh, but if Bertans is gone, what does that mean for Bradley Beal? And if Bradley Beal decides to, you know, mail it in after two or three games, uh, you know, you could be looking at Scott Brooks suiting up for, you know, 20, 25 minutes a game or <laughs> tapping George, uh, George Murison in. Or, I mean, like, there's just like – uh, there's, it's going to be some towards the end of that regular season. There is definitely going to be some some teams that are just gutted or decimated or just choosing not to play uh, certain guys, and that could certainly impact the the quality of the play and, and certainly could frustrate some teams. I mean, the NBA had to work hard on, on to create some kind of balanced schedule towards the end, but you know there are going to be teams that are maybe fighting for that playoff spot, or the right to get into a playing game, 
And there's Washington after four games deciding, you know, screw it, we're out of it, and, uh, you know, it's not going to happen. So that, that's certainly a, a factor in all this. And it's one of those variables the NBA has just kind of decided that they really can't control uh, when it come, because of the time and place that we're living in. Any thoughts on the idea of uh, replacing or having the jerseys, uh, NBA jerseys, with social justice statements or, or having that opportunity for players? Any thoughts on that? I think it's great. I mean, look, I, we all know one of the concerns that players had uh, coming into all this would would the social justice movement be lost in the shuffle? And it was a it's a valid concern. I mean, the second you get down there, our media gets down there, and players start doing these interviews, it's not going to be about social justice. It's going to be about all the last four months and matchups and you know legacies in the case of LeBron and, and everything that's going on with the game and. You know, the players didn't want to be part of that, you know, uh, part of the distraction, so to speak. Now this is just another way that they can keep this in the news and, and keep this this movement kind of going forward, at least uh, uh, going forward a little uh, during all this. So then that, that was important. And you knew all along the NBA, an incredibly progressive league, was going to, to try to do everything they can, everything the union would have wanted them to do. Uh, to make sure that their concerns were, were dealt with. And I think they, they have done and will continue to do a very good job at making sure the events of the last month uh, do not get sort of washed away by the fact that games are being played. Chris, will they censor those messages in case some wild, uh, crazy man out there decides he wants to have something real controversial on his jersey? Yeah, I asked that question, and it, look, they're, they're not going to allow anything to be printed on those jerseys. But you know, within reason, I don't see them, you know, taking too much of a stand uh, on all that. I mean, will there be somebody that wants to put something that the NBA wouldn't want, you know, associated with their jersey, or, wouldn't, or TV networks, you know, literally can't show, right? Maybe I mean, because of the nature of the language, I'm sure that could come up. But uh, it's not, it's not a concern that I've heard too strongly voiced within NBA circles uh, just because the players, but they want their message to get out there. They want uh, to get creative with this. Some of the ones I've talked to want to get creative with uh, some of their messaging. And I, I just don't, I don't get the sense many or even any will go overboard uh, on this particular issue. Chris Mannix with us at your uh, daily assist right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I, I'm sure we've, uh, over the past weeks, we've asked you this question before, Chris, but is there a team or two that we're not talking about enough? You know, it, it still is very difficult to, to kind of wrap your head around because you don't know what these guys look like at this point. You don't know. You mentioned, like, the mental makeup of some of these guys early. Like, we don't know exactly who's motivated who's not. To me, like, an interesting team is the Portland Trailblazers, right? Because that backcourt is ridiculous. Like, Lillard and McCollum can get hot, and they can just carry you to a Western Conference Finals like they did a couple of years ago. And they're getting their bigs back. They're getting Yusuf Nurkic back. They're getting Zach Collins back. So you're going to basically have an entirely new frontcourt on a team that didn't have one up until, you know, middle of March. So if Lillard and McCollum stayed in shape and they can come back and you know, catch fire from the outside, that's a team you wouldn't want to play in the first or second round, wherever they might wind up. And, you know, they're on the outside of the playoffs looking in, but, you know, that's one of those situations where I think you're going to have a play-in game in the Western Conference, and I think the Blazers, if they're part of it, you know, they could put together one of those those storybook kind of runs. I mean, I, I you're, you're reminded, you know, it's not the same thing, but there's a lockout short in season 99 when the eight-seed Knicks, you know, made their run to the finals. I mean, it, it's just unique circumstances create some opportunity there, and the Blazers – 
you know, look somewhat positioned to make a run at it. Is it naive, Chris, to believe that players uh, and teams just put their heads down and just power forward and try to win every game they can? Or do you think there will be maneuvering as far as matchups in that first round? For example, the Jazz don't want to play the Houston Rockets again, not in the first round. That's a team they would rather play a better team, uh, a team with a better record that that isn't uh, that particular poor matchup for them. So does that really happen? It does happen, um, and I think it definitely could happen in this in this situation as well. I mean, you look at the top of the Eastern Conference. I mean, if you're a team like Boston, you don't want to play Philly in the first round. Joel Embiid, you know, eat your lunch every time you play against him uh, in that front court. So you'd like to avoid some of those matchups. And like, I, I think I think while it would happen, I think it's far more important for the coaches that I've talked to to get their teams on the same page, to get these guys get the chemistry back that they had before this pandemic shut down. I mean, four months is a long, long time. That is a basketball lifetime in between the stoppage of the season and the eventual start. I mean, I, I think their greater concern is making sure that their guys are playing at, at as close to capacity as possible. And if you can do that and accomplish that while uh, you know, manipulating the seating a little bit along the way, that's just kind of icing on the cake. But for a coach to sort of massage his, his team and say, hey, fellas, we don't really care about winning this game, that can be poisonous too, right? I mean, Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, there are ways around it. I mean, you can you know, play guys you know, 10 minutes below their normal. Like that, that happens all the time. Like there are some extreme circumstances. I forget it was a couple of years ago when I think the Timberwolves were trying to tank a game and they shot like 45 three-pointers they had. <laughs> I mean, they were just like gunning from the outside. There are some overt cases of tanking that I've seen, but – more often than not, you can get away with it by just tweaking your rotation a little bit, sitting guys out under the guise of keeping them healthy or fresh, and, and that's part of it too. I mean, you're this is a, a going to be a unique environment in the sense that you know, these guys are used to a certain day to day of all this, a certain uh, planning for all this. Now they're going to, you know, finish the game, hop on a bus, go back to their hotel, you know, rinse, wash, repeat, you know, over the next you know, over a course of a matter of months. I mean, that can get. You know, it's certainly fatiguing, and that can get mentally draining uh, for a player. So uh, for players that are used to a certain pattern, uh, that that could certainly be a variable in all this. Chris, I'm trying to think about the right how to the right way to ask this question, but it, it, we've got three players that, in a sense, are are going to be making their uh, rook, their playoff debut. I mean, you're looking at Luka Doncic, uh, Zion Williamson, maybe of course, and John Morant, maybe. Is this going to be kind of a fun look at the at three future superstars in a in a I guess a, through a magnifying glass? Yeah, I mean, look, especially with all with you know those guys competing. Um, you know, for that final playoff spot in the Western Conference uh, with Zion and Job, maybe going at it in a play-in game, if that's possible, that could be a lot of fun to to watch. It will be a window into you know these these young guys and, and the future of the NBA. And we all know the NBA would certainly prefer the Pelicans to land that eight spot to have Zion versus LeBron in a, a first-round matchup there. But uh, yeah, it, it, look, it, there's a lot of fun things to talk about. You know, when the season eventually gets up and running, you just hope, and not to keep beating this horse, but you just hope that. You get down there, and you don't experience stuff that boxing is experiencing right now, where you know one player tests positive, and then two, and then you know all of a sudden you have three players out. A series gets t- uh, potentially busted. That's just that's a nightmare scenario. The NBA can't guarantee. That's why that, that call on Friday, Adam Silver did make it clear that the, you know the NBA yeah, there, there could, there's a breaking point for them. They just don't know exactly what that point's going to be. It's going to be kind of you know when you see it, you know, 
you know, for the league. And if they can avoid that, uh, everything else is just uh, it will just be fine. I want to piggyback off that question a little bit, Chris, because the Jazz play the Pelicans in the first game that will be played down there. So I imagine there will be a lot of eyes on that particular game. But how do you think that the the pairing of Zion Williamson along with Brandon Ingram, uh, is that is that a match made in heaven or are there adjustments that need to be made to make that as effective as possible? Well, like everything else with young guys, you've got to get better defensively. Like you, like Zion is an electric offensive player and an incredible shot blocker, especially weak side stuff. And you know, Ingram's got that kind of length that suggests that in the years to come he could be a Durant-like defender. Uh, when Durant committed to defense, he became great at that end of the floor, but they're not there yet. And that's going to be the Pelicans' biggest challenge moving forward. But, you know, Ingram, I believe, is, is extension eligible this summer, and he's going to get close to a max-level contract, I think, you know, from New Orleans. And, you know, Zion obviously is still early in his career uh, in his rookie contract. Uh, so I think that's, that's absolutely a team to watch, you know, moving forward. If they can keep that group together and keep it healthy. I mean, look, if, if Zion wasn't hurt for the first two-thirds of the season, that's a playoff team, like clearly. Like the way they played with him healthy in those 19 games – um, you know that they're they're a playoff team, so you certainly have the foundation built uh, to be really good in the years to come. You just need these guys to develop on both ends of the floor. Chris, as always, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. You got it, guys. Our friend Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated, your daily assist each Boy, you know, and every Monday. Chris pretty much spelled it out there that guys are going to be sneaking people in. Yeah. I think so, and that's, too. <laughs> you, you brought that to my attention. I never really thought about it in those terms. But how's that going to go? And if they were sneaking people in and the league knows they're going to sneak people in, uh, are they going to – should they privately register those folks and have them tested, too? I don't know if they could do that. I, the, the idea – this is where the frequency of the testing really matters, Right. So if somebody makes a bad decision and it ends up having consequences, hopefully you can limit the extent of those consequences. On the one hand, I mean, what kind of peer pressure comes into play here? You know, guys who really are motivated to 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 do some win some games here, and if someone's over there playing fast and loose with the rules and trying to sneak around and whatnot, I, I mean. Well, let me put it this way. There's there's a real reason that the captain of the safety patrol is often not popular. <laughs> Unless the captain of the safety patrol is sneaking people in himself. I suppose that's true. But let me put it this way. A diligent captain of the safety patrol is, is Well, I mean, popular. we're, we're kind of laughing about this, but these guys are used to having certain relationships. And I, I just... Uh, yeah, I mean, are they going to be celibate for three three months? Well, I mean, these guys are alive. They're living. You know, we're going to make bad choices. I made a lot of bad choices in my 20s, in fact. A lot of stuff I'm not particularly proud of. Yeah, but so, that I mean, didn't, it, that didn't, you didn't spread any communicable diseases, did you? I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. But, I mean, the, the, the frequency of the testing, I, I think, is... It's the big deal. It's the, and we can all uh, get caught up in everybody else's behavior, or you know we can look at the standards that they put in place, and hopefully they do their job. I know this runs against every fiber of your being, 
But would you use the rat line? No. I, if a player did do that, would he disguise his voice? I don't know. I I don't know. I I so don't think if somebody calls the rat line on you, I, it probably wouldn't be that difficult to figure out who. <laughs> I don't know. And I don't like anonymous tattling anyway. All right. Okay. Well, what do you want? You want do you want him to spell out his name and his address and his <laughs> Yeah, if you've got a problem with my actions, come up and talk to me about it. All right. I'm not sure. Isn't that what you would good, expect though. from a teammate? Yeah. Yeah. I I would but do you, what, so do you give one warning? And then you say, uh-uh, not anymore? <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. I think they should be uh, immediately arrested. We're talking hard time here. Will there be a safety patrol? I don't know, Gordon. You could volunteer for the job. <laughs> All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. It's the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now, Gordon, we, we need to explain this uh, to our listeners for a second because our listeners out there know, because we've been, we've been talking about this, that uh, we're, we're essentially uh, replacing a great, uh, or a lot of equipment in our zone studios. We had some damage from the earthquake and, uh, it, you know, we're, we're doing a lot. And so uh, over the last, what, week, week and a half, um, been broadcasting from Studio 2, and now, because they've got to do something in Studio 2, we have moved to, I am currently broadcasting from the producer's booth of Studio 3, Gordon. Is studio, no, wait. Isn't Studio 3 Lloyd's office? No, no, no. That's the production studio. And by the oh. way, it's so cool that we have three fully functioning sports radio studios uh, here at the arena. It's amazing. It, it's, Where is it's, 3? It's just amazing. It's further down the hall. It's by uh, the part that overlooks the stairs. Oh, okay. Where uh, right. where Jeremy right. Jeremy usually okay. is is All working. Right. So so right. I'm in. But but one of the uh, one of the funny things about uh, about doing this is that Austin cannot hear half the show right now. He can hear me because he's across the room, but he cannot hear you. So you actually oh, wow. yeah you actually can Free say last. whatever you want. <laughs> about Austin, and there are there there's literally nothing he can do about it as long as I don't react, of course. Mm. So what what do you want to do with that? Because I I feel like this is this is this is unique. Like uh, uh, I don't know, it's like like when your your parents are out of town or something. At least for one of us. Well, rather than say something uh, where we make fun of Austin, now that he can't hear us maybe we should say nice things about him oh geez gordon that was harsh golly you're really you're really going at this opportunity right now aren't you <laughs> well Jeez. i mean look Jeez. we like we like austin but we don't want him to know that we like him gordon you know? gordon i i don't even know if you can say that <laughs> well we we do like Austin, and, and we easy we, we te- easy we, we tease back and forth. We don't think he's fat. We don't think he's dumb. We don't think he's inept. We don't think any of those things. Wow! Hey, Gordon, Gordon, that's crossing <laughs> that's crossing the line. 
That is crossing the line, sir. I, I thought this would be something that we could have a little fun with. Uh, but now now it's it's become become personal. You've really you've really taken no, a lot of I liberty. Think, no, I think it's the <laughs> but he can hear you. He can, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, I just wanted to say those nice things about him. Stop. Since he stop. can't hear. Hey, <laughs> you stop now. Too much. I'm trying to have a little fun around here. Jeez. Austin is brilliant at what he does, and we're thankful to have him. Not so, Gordon. Not so at all. Let me guess a bunch of fat jokes. Not for a second. <laughs> Oh man! No, he's 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 talented. Nope. He's he's uh, he's handsome. Not by uh, a long shot, Gordon. <laughs> he's got good taste. Absolutely he, uh, not, sir. He, he, he's cooperative. Never. He uh, he he uh, is responsible. Are we talking about the same Austin? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we are. Maybe we aren't. <laughs> All right. Well, this is fun. This is this has been this has been fun. Should we be should we be productive, or do you want to want to run Austin down some more? <laughs> I was running him up, is what I was doing, but he doesn't know that. <sighs> Boy, I tell you, harsh, huh? It's so bad. It's so bad. I can't. I you know you really you really took advantage of this, sir. Well, I wanted our listeners to know how we really felt. Uh, we found out earlier today, Gordon, that Cam Newton is going to be signing with the Patriots. So now, of course, uh, one of the biggest storylines going into the NFL season, whatever it might look like, is who's going to be better, Tommy and the Bucks, or Bill and the Patriots? And uh, the, the the discussion got a little more interesting today. Yeah, it did, because we have been talking about that uh, long before we knew that Cam was headed to the Patriots. And uh, so now that he's there, look, I mean, this is a guy who's a former NFL MVP. Uh, so, I mean, sometimes things haven't worked out exactly the way Cam wanted them to, uh, but... Uh, uh, or the Panthers, for that matter. But he's extremely talented, Jake. I think uh, I feel better about the Patriots now than I did uh, oh, uh, 48 hours ago. Well, yes, the answer, I mean, that observation is absolutely correct. I mean, who did they have, Brian Hoyer or something? Who was uh, in, in Tom Brady, what was his backup's name last year? Stidham. Uh, right. I mean, they didn't. That that cupboard was pretty empty. So yeah, I, I think Cam Newton is certainly an upgrade over those two, uh, for all the reasons that you that you just mentioned. But I I want to know, Gordon, can Cam throw? Can he throw it? I mean, that's the big question with him, right? Because his athleticism is still good, but it's slowly leaving him, like like it does us all, right? So well, is he? Can he sling it? That's I, that's the I, question. Yeah, well, he's advanced his chances of doing that because with the Panthers, he was getting he he was weren't he one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league, and and the Patriots, if if memory serves, uh, they generally don't give up very many sacks, and so uh, you would think that would increase his performance. Well, now, if, he get, can, if he gets the ball out of his hands, though, but like I mean, were all those sacks in Carolina on him? 
and were all those non-Saxon in New England on their offensive line? I mean, no, that's one thing about his, Brady. He gets it out, man. He, his, he, yeah, but his overall performance should improve with that. However, you can say what you want about the Patriots uh, receivers. but uh, You mean I, they don't I, have any? <laughs> I would, I would expect him to be able to perform at a fairly high level with uh, with the guidance of uh, one Bill Belichick and uh, Josh McDaniels. I I think that the answer to this right now, and I'm pretty firm on the Bucks are going to be better. Bucks are a better team. Tom Brady yeah. aside, uh, better uh, than the Patriots. You're saying right now? Heck yeah! Yeah, yeah. I I agree with that. The Patriots, but I do, but I do like the signing by the Patriots. I guess that's a, a really good move for them. I, I don't know how far that will take them, but I would expect the Bucks to be better. See, if I'm the Patriots, I'm losing on purpose. Go find me a different quarterback. <laughs> oh come on! You're being no, too I mean harsh. Cam Newton's good, but he's just a band aid. I mean he's not the he's not the permanent solution for a for a franchise. I wouldn't think. Well, they signed point. him to a one year deal, right, but he's exactly. still a, he's still a good quarterback. I mean, I do you think that's more a tryout than it is any kind of slam to uh, Cam that uh, we don't believe that you're really that good and you're not a long term solution, or do you think they just want to find out? Again, Gordon, stop with the Austin insults. That's that's just not necessary uh, at all to to this discussion. Uh, but uh, I no, I th- I think they're gonna he's gonna get the job. Yeah, sure. But I mean, where are the Patriots? Are are the Patriots truly a Super Bowl contender? I mean, there's there are people out there who are making that argument. I don't think so. I don't. I, that I might with, be taking it a bit far by my estimation. I mean, without Tom Brady, how good is that offense really? I mean, Sony Michelle's a nice player, but that might be the only one. Uh, I mean, and then on defense, a guy like Kyle Van Noy's gone. I, I'm not familiar enough with the personnel to know whether who else they lost or have gained right now, but uh, I don't know. I the the Bucks have a lot of players. I mean, the the Bucks the Bucks are a good team. Jameis Winston, for all his interceptions, actually had a productive year. And you would think Tom Brady would cut down on the mistakes, and and mm-hmm. the Bucks would be pretty good. You know, yeah. Bill Belichick is is the best coach in the league. Certainly, maybe the best coach to to ever do it. But you still have to have players. What do you make of Gronk's return? Well, uh, I mean, how I guess how. Healthy as Gronk. Yeah, I, 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 well, I imagine he would be in pretty good shape or else he wouldn't come back to play football. Because he's still, what, like 30? I mean, he's he's not. I think he, if he's healthy, he'll still be effective. Why not? I mean, he's yeah. still one of the more unique matchups in the whole league. And you know that uh, his uh, his relationship with Brady will, is, is well established, and that uh, Brady's happy to have him. He wouldn't be there right now if Brady didn't want him. Yeah, I, I, oh yeah. Well, obviously, I think, I think you're, you're totally right. So yeah, I'll so give we're the both advantage to the Bucks. We're, yeah. we're both leaning Bucks. Yes. Okay. I do believe so, but, but I like uh, the Cam Newton addition up there in New England, and maybe they'll sign him for a year, and then. If they like what they're seeing, then they'll uh, extend that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does make it much more intriguing. I think that's the word you, you used earlier. I think I'd probably throw Brian Hoyer to the Wolves and just say, hey, go out there and lose us some football games so we can draft your replacement. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> <You> would not. <laughs> no, not at all. 
But I, I like the moves because it's uh, – who's proclaiming them as on their way to the Super Bowl now? Who? Who? Patriots fans? Yeah, I don't think this – this moves the needle, but not that much. Yeah, Patriots it, fans it, are it probably – but I, I don't. Uh, you know, Matt uh, – uh, you know, Matt Castle had a nice year filling in for Tom Brady, so maybe there's maybe there's more of a, a system argument to to it. But Cam Newton and Tom Brady are completely different players, so I don't think automatically plugging Cam into that system will will make him a better player necessarily. But you have to give the Patriots and their 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 brass there an awful lot of credit. I mean, their domination Wait, where, in who, football just isn't done. I'm sorry, but if you're Josh McDaniel. And you trade up to get Tim Tebow, you have lost all credibility from here on out. <laughs> and the fact that you're employed is 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 come on, those guys amazing. miss all the t- they miss all the time. On the Patriots Tim have, 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 mess, have missed less than most teams have. Well, come on, that's so come that on, so you Jake, come on. A team makes one mistake and then you freak out about it, uh, or, or an individual makes one mistake and. No, I mean, that was a, a that was more than, that. than a mistake. That was that was a catastrophe. <laughs> they had to they had to try to find it. You can find it with every guy in the league. Everyone they had to mistakes. they had to try so hard to get rid of Tim Tebow. And because he was Tim Tebow, he just held on uh, for. I mean, they probably would have cut him day one of of camp, or it's certainly day one of uh, of McDaniel being gone. I mean, that's crazy. So, Come so, on. So Mc- Josh makes one mistake, and you're gonna uh, you hold that over his head for the rest of his career, no matter where he's coaching, no matter what his role is. Yeah, it, I don't care how many Super Bowls <laughs> you won. You drafted okay. Tim Tebow. <laughs> okay. You traded up to get Tim Tebow. <laughs> Come on. So you're going to give him no credit for his work with Brady and Brady's all, success. All credibility But you're going to hold Tim Tebow over his head forever. Well, listen, right. hey, people tried to give Charlie Weiss uh, credit for uh, for Tom Brady's success, and he turned out to be a just dreadful coach. <laughs> just uh, dreadful. Yeah, Do you Josh, remember the Kansas Josh, years? Josh McDaniel has a better record <laughs> than, than Charlie, Charlie Weiss? Yes. No, he does not. <laughs> Go look at that disaster with the Broncos. Let's get Scotty in here and and talk about Josh McDaniels. I was I was speaking more of his work as as an offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, riding the coattails. Congratulations! <laughs> Somebody said, "Hey, do you want to coach Tom Brady and uh, take partial credit for his success?" Why, yes, I do. <laughs> Come on, give him more credit than that. No, he doesn't. Deserve, he drafted Tim Tebow. <laughs> Belichick is no. He doesn't suffer fools. Belichick didn't draft him, Tebow. No, I know. Josh I know McDaniels that. did. But, but, I'm well aware. But, but Bill Belichick isn't going to utilize the talents of somebody if he's just there to hold on for dear life. You know, you're going to uh, employ Tom the Pooper Scooper because you like him. You're not going <laughs> to let him do your taxes. <laughs> But he, he's he's the he's the offensive coordinator, man. He's the guy who has to run, oversee the offense. Hey, Tom, keep doing that. 
<laughs> I told him to do that. That's coaching right there. <laughs> hey, Tom, throw that touchdown. Yep, yep. You see what I did there? See, Jake, you're not giving enough credit. All you're doing is heaping blame. Once again, the Simpsons are, are so on point with, with their episodes from the past. And, if Gordon, if you've seen the uh, the, the baseball Simpsons back in the day where uh, Mr. Burns hires ringers and they're all Major League Baseball players, you probably haven't seen this, I'm guessing, uh, <laughs> no. playing softball. And Daryl Strawberry's up to bat. And, and Burns, who's managing the team, goes, Hey, Strawberry, hit a home run! And then after <laughs> Strawberry hits a home run, Mr. Burns looks at Mr. Smithers and goes, I told him to do that. <laughs> it's, more, it's more complicated than come nope, on. Nope, it's not. It is. See, it the, is. the reason Belichick works so well with Tom Brady is not because he's some genius. It's because he's a defensive guy. So he knows <laughs> where not to stick his nose. Yeah, but he still needs someone to coordinate the offense. He, he needs someone to occupy the seat in the chair. Yeah, but oh, I mean, God. let's let's not let's not fool ourselves. That is so about easy some to sort say. of secret to success for the Patriots when his that name is, is so Tom Brady easy. and he wears number twelve. <laughs> so easy to say by someone who is sitting in front of a microphone from afar. I've been riding your but- coattails for years, bro. <laughs> Yeah, but they still need someone to run the offense and to coordinate all that. And, and Tom Brady can't do all that. He has and and did at a very high level. <laughs> what do you think? No one wants to give Josh McDaniels another job. <laughs> well, Belichick took him back. Well, yeah, because Belichick's evil, and now he's got somebody under his thumb. <laughs> Got somebody in his pocket. You are painting the fence with a broad brush here, my friend. Oh, Josh, yes. Another team called. Interested in your services. Uh, hmm, remember when I took you back? Yeah. You're not going Well, first anywhere. of all, first of all, Josh was what? He, he was like 17 years old when he went to coach the, the Broncos. And drafted Tim Tebow? I don't. I don't care how old he was. <laughs> he was young yet. Doesn't matter. Well, but if you were gonna, if you were going to measure people by that standard, what about when Belichick coached the Browns? It was horrible. Did he draft Tim Tebow? <laughs> he, he made a bunch did of he, other did mistakes. He, did he trade up for Tim Tebow? Because I don't think he did. No, man, you are. You're harsh. I know. Well, I feel the same way about the Browns and Johnny Manziel, if that makes you feel any better. Does Scotty feel this way? Is this where, did he funnel this poison at you? I'm sure he did. All right, stay tuned. We're way over. We'll have more Big Show. And Gordon, be nicer to Austin, will you? I mean, come on. I'll try. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Happy Monday, 97.5-1280 The Zone. We appreciate you making a part of it. That uh, that was not nice, those things you said about Austin in the last segment, Gordon. That All those just, wonderful things oh, I said. No, I didn't say do more. I said that was not nice. Jeez, <laughs> I tell you. The, 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 the you morale this? on this show is going to hit a new low as soon as Austin hears this. You're trying to stir up all kinds of trouble. And here I am trying to be trying to be nice, trying to be kind, trying to be honest. 
you know, trying to be forthright in my praise of Austin. Now, Austin is not dishonest, Gordon. Come on. Uh, but but for those of you who just joined the show, we, we uh, were doing some, uh, I don't know, construction around the studio, and we had to switch studios. And in this studio at the moment, Austin can hear me, but he can't hear Gordon. So that's going on. He, uh, yeah, Austin has, uh, has done so many good things for our show through the times, uh, through all these months and years. He's, no, he uh, hasn't, Gordon. Stop that. Stop that. Be nice. You know, he works his butt off behind the scenes, putting bits together. You know, All right, uh, Gordon. It, that's a bridge too far, pal. That's just, that's just blatantly not true. He's a good husband. He's he's a good father. Stop it. I can't do that. I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do that one. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, another Monday comes and goes. Yes, and we've covered all kinds of ground today, including the Jazz's schedule all the way through to to uh, Cam Newton being a Patriot. Yeah. So, a little bit of everything. Been eventful. Had a couple of laughs. You were extremely mean to Austin when he couldn't hear you. Yeah, it's uh, been, it's quite been the a good time. Contrary. I, mean, I was I was very nice to Austin, and you tried to make it sound like I wasn't. Just saying horrible things about our and producer. I, I hope Austin has gotten to the bottom of the truth I'll, there. I'll tell you what, if if I were Austin, I'd never speak to you again. <laughs> just right. just mean mean things. Uh, all right, Gordon, what what's on tap for a movie now? Are you, is the Monson family still doing a movie a night? Yeah, pretty much. You guys have crunched through like all of American cinema. Yeah, they're kind of on a Pirates of the Caribbean thing now. Uh, so I've I've seen all those movies, but I've seen some of the other movies we've watched too. It's more just a family thing to do together. So that that's what we're up to right now. All right, buddy. Will you enjoy it tonight? Yeah, I'm glad you had a happy birthday, Jake. Thanks, uh, you turned 59, and I'm, I'm happy for you. Well, I got a cool new hat. That's for sure. Actually, 39, not 59, but it's all the same. 59 at heart. Uh, (laughs) We'll talk to everybody tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.